Roll Podcast. Hey, everybody. How you guys doing? What's happening? Rich Roll here. I am your host. This is my podcast. And we are going to do something a little bit different today because things are getting weird out there. So Julie and I have gathered here together today to do essentially an impromptu podcast on the subject of care and self-care in this age of coronavirus that we find ourselves in right now. Um, There's a lot of fear out there. There's a lot of anxiety, um, a lot of confusion and uncertainty. And we just felt like it was a good moment to take a beat, take stock of where things stand and hopefully provide a little bit of our experience and guidance for people who are listening, who are um, looking to connect a little bit more deeply and figure out the best, healthiest path forward for themselves and for their families. Would you agree? And in addition, we're on lockdown. So we are we're on here. lockdown. We have a lot we're gonna, of time. We're gonna get into that in a second, but right up here, up top, let's take care of a little housekeeping by giving a shout out to our great sponsors who helped make this show possible. I'm super proud to announce my next venture, Voicing Change Media. This beautiful consortium of thinkers, storytellers, artists, and visionaries all committed to fostering meaningful exchanges and sharing thought-provoking content. Voicing Change Media will feature shows like The Proof with Simon Hill, Soul Boom with Rain Wilson, Mentor Buffet with Alexi Pappas, Feel Better Live More with Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, and The Conversation with Amanda Decadene. You can explore this network and all its offerings at voicingchange.media. Julie Pyatt, how are you doing? Hi, Rich Roll. Thanks for inviting me on your show. Uh, it's a timely and important <laughs> conversation that we need to have. I think we should start off with just social try, distancing. Tr- well, you know, we're, we're appropriately distanced from, from each <laughs> no, other. No, right actually, now. before you get started, I just wanted to interject about the gravity blanket. So you've forgotten, but the gravity blanket was my idea. It, that's I true. actually found 100%. it and I was like, this is going to be really good for you. And the thing that kind of hurts my feelings slightly when you just did the ad is that it's a replacement for a warm (laughs) hug. And some of the community who doesn't know us are a little bit alarmed because this week you posted a picture of your tent with Uh a beautiful moonrise. And I commented, hope you slept well, my love. And then I got a bunch of messages like, what do you mean? Don't you ever Why see him? You know? Do you guys have sex? Is everything okay? <laughs> so- um, well, You so commented we- on that from downtown. Yeah. You were downtown. Well, I know, with but our see, people other, don't know. One of you, our not everybody knows that. Right. But anyway, it was just kind of funny. So when we were on social distancing, like Rich and I are already very, very masterful at social <laughs> distancing on a regular basis. But um, yeah, so the thing is, is that you've always been too sensitive to, to you're not like a cuddler during sleep. So when the good replacement for that is the gravity blanket because it's like a warm hug. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I still need a warm hug. You do, just not from me. I know. Or any other human. To really flesh this out though, you were the first person to say, Rich, I think this would be helpful to you. Mm-hmm. And that was that was quite a while before mm-hmm. Greg gifted me the blanket. Mm-hmm. Um, and that opinion derived from a friend of ours who has 
an autistic child and discovered that the gravity blanket had a, an incredibly beneficial impact on calming this child down and producing a good night's sleep. That's right. And you were which like, drew Rich, the conclusion you that you're on the spectrum. It's some someplace on the spectrum. Oh, no, it's really, really good. I mean, it's amazing for you. And you're, I just look at it like you're very sensitive. You're much more sensitive than you even acknowledge. And so that kind of experience is very nourishing for you and very nurturing. And that's why you sleep in a tent. And it's sort of like a cocoon. It's the temperature you need it to be. It's your isolation. And mm-hmm. you just need, you need that as, yeah, a, as a human a, being. There's a womb-like kind of experience to that's it. That's right. So, and, and I'm good with it. But our marriage is good, right? Just for the record. How are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I think we're doing pretty good. I think we're doing Just for great. people out there who are like, I thought everybody knew I slept in a tent and then I posted that on Instagram and people were like, what? Yeah, you know, so yeah, exactly. our marriage is solid. solid. I love you. I love you, honey. And it's all good. I'm so glad and to I be love sequestered my with you. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love your tent. Oh. I'm so, we're both, I think we can honestly say we are both so happy to say goodnight to each other as we disappear into our own spaces. <laughs> there, is, there is no trauma right. being experienced by either one of us. It's just, it's really good. It's independence. And, you know, I'm up at 3 a.m. usually meditating, doing ceremony and ritual and all kinds of things. And that doesn't work if I share a room with someone. Yeah, well, you're gonna wake me up and you're gonna start lighting candles and burning incense in the middle of the night. And, exactly, you know, who knows what, <laughs> I don't, yeah, who knows what else? Some kind of witchcraft something, will be happening. Something. Um, all right, well, let's get to the moment, the now. Um, and I think it would be helpful to just kind of recap our introduction to what we're experiencing in this moment. I would say upfront that I'm traditionally relatively low key and 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 somewhat, cavalier in the face of you know the occasional global panic like i tend to downplay it i was in new york city in it was like a month ago at this point three, no it was like 3 two, weeks two ago 2 weeks ago or something three, i think 3 weeks ago mm-hmm. and people were you know pushing elevator buttons with their elbows and a lot of people were wearing masks in the airport and i was looking after myself and making sure that i was washing my hands etc but i wasn't freaking out And that was kind of my MO, but everything changed for me like last Thursday or Friday. We're recording this on Tuesday, the 17th. It's gonna go up on the 19th. Um, So about five, six days ago, that all shifted when in a very compressed period of time, the NBA postponed its games. Tom and Rita Hanks publicly announced that they had tested positive for coronavirus. And I listened to a couple podcasts. I listened to Sam Harris's conversation with Nicholas Christakis. I listened to Joe Rogan's conversation with Michael Osterholm. I read up on the internet. I tried to find the, you know, the best sources of objective information that I could. And basically it completely changed my tune on how we were navigating what was happening. And we had a conversation, I believe it was Thursday night. Was it Thursday night? Thursday night. Where I was like, we we need to shift. We got to lock things down. We made the decision to cancel all of my podcast interviews for the next couple of weeks. We called Mathis who was downtown because she goes to school downtown and said, we want you to come home. We don't want you to go to school on Friday. And it felt a little bit, I think at that in that moment, slightly alarmist to you, who's also somebody who's pretty low key about all this kind of stuff. 
in retrospect now, five days later, it's clear to me that it was the wise decision. In fact, we would have been better off had we instituted that even earlier mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was definitely, I mean, it was a, a like a clear shift on Thursday night. And the thing is that it took me a while to get up to speed with you because we had been sort of in this sort of one energetic of how we're how we were processing the information and not going into fear and, you know, we're super healthy and all that kind of stuff and living in the moment and being connected and doing everything that we do. And then in the evening, you came in quite agitated and, you know, we had some intense conversations because, you know, you were feeling like you wanted to pull Mathis out of school right then and her school had not been closed. And so I was like, well, you're her dad. If you want to do that, then do it. You know, let's make a move. So we did, but also in addition to that, our son Tyler happened to be home staying with us. And, uh, you know, he's actually very, you know, very researched and very informed and, you know, he was feeling the same. And so what we did is we reached out to our other son Trapper and called Mathis and told her she wasn't going to go to school on Friday. I was on my way downtown that evening. And then, you know, Jaya, we just, we canceled, we just canceled everything and just basically said, we are going to sequester here with our immediate family until, you know, we- Further get, notice. Yeah, until further notice. And for people that don't know, Tyler and Trapper are, are older, 23 and 24. They have an apartment in Echo Park, which is near Hollywood. So they left that apartment, came here, and we've been just at home ever since. Yeah. In the meantime, we did obviously, you know, go to the grocery store and stock up. I got tons of canned food. I went to the Indian market and bought like 40 or 50 pounds of rice, you know, which again was something that seemed in the moment to be perhaps slightly paranoid, but better safe than sorry. And we've stocked up, we've got tons of food and we've been sort of existing in this liminal space ever since. And there are pluses and minuses to this. On the plus side, it's brought our family together. We're all under one roof for you know the first time in a while. And there's something really precious and beautiful about that. You have really engaged your cooking in a passionate way <laughs> and preparing these amazing meals every night. We set the table, we've got candles out and we have a big family dinner. And you know that's a rarity with our kids spread out these days. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, I'd say that there's a lot of silver linings. One of them is just being all here together. The other thing is we are very blessed to live in a beautiful home in the middle of nature. And just to have the time, even for the younger girls to be with the older boys, it's like already Jaya's energy, like she's already grown up. Like she looks like she grew a foot in the last week, just playing with the boys, you know, being with them, laughing, you know, fooling around. Um, The only thing we've done is we've got on on the trail with the dogs just once because it's Mm -hmm. been pouring rain. But um, yeah, it's been really great to be here and we're all artists. So you know, Mathis is doing screen printing in the garage. She'll start online classes tomorrow. Um, you know, Jaya's been in her room doing her, you know, different kinds of makeup and hairstyles and also playing with the boys. And the boys are both doing music. Tyler's getting ready to record a record. So he's preparing his first 12 uh, roughs to send to the producer. <laughs> and Trapper's doing daily, um, you know, rehearsals in another room. And then, you know, I took out a book that I haven't published yet. It's a a memoir on homeschooling that's almost done. And 
realized I only have like a couple chapters to finish and it would be ready. So I think we're all looking at what can we do creatively? What what can we create? What can we experience? What, what can we make in this sort of inner time um, that is uncertain, um, but also really precious? Yeah. I do want to speak to our privilege a little bit. I mean, we're both self-employed um, and we have the ability to work from home and do what we do, you know, in the space where we live, which is what we would be doing ordinarily. The difference is nobody's coming over here to do podcasts. And I'm grateful that I worked very hard and developed like, you know, I have a huge stash of interviews that I have to kind of moment by moment figure out which ones are most appropriate to share. Like I'd had a whole set schedule and that's kind of out the window and I'm trying to, you know, ride the wave and do what feels best, you know, on a day-to-day basis. But we're very lucky in that regard that we can continue to do what we do. Most people are not in our position. There's a lot of people who either have to go to work or are being laid off or are, you know, on some kind of unpaid leave. And this situation, which is, you know, I predict will only escalate in the coming weeks, um, is creating a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, and a lot of uncertainty. And that which is brew is contributing to behavior and mental states, mental and emotional states that I don't think are healthy for people. So my intention in this conversation is to provide people with um, a few guidelines to help them more gracefully navigate the uncertainty that we're experiencing and, and what's to come. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think it's important to note that I do have a company where I go to work yeah. and I have employees. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not only at home. I do have a lot of leeway to work at home, but we had to do a great assessment and basically go through all the guidelines and, and monitor things moment to moment. And so what we did is we elected to scale down to a very small crew that agreed to self-quarantine together. And they're continuing the production along with all these heightened practices, um, you know, increased hand washing and, you know, extra um, changing of uniforms and and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then everyone on the team that we could move virtual, we did. And I'm a beginning company, I'm a brand new Mm -hmm. company and I don't really care. I mean, you know, I think aside from like Amazon or like huge, huge companies, I mean, this is something that is affecting businesses. It's, It's affecting all of us. And so there's going to have to be some, you know, some allowance or some processes or some concessions that are given to all of us so that we can begin again and, you know, create uh, you know, economy and be able to live and eat and all those all those kinds of things, you know? Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see how that develops. It is, but you know, I mean, listen, so when, you, when we look at that, we have to understand that as human beings, we are resourceful and we are resilient. And as much of a crisis as this is, it is also an opportunity to create a new way of being in the world and to learn how to live more aligned with our planet, with our spirituality, with our bodies, with our neighbors, with our animals. And so I think this is the work and this is um, maybe where the two perspectives sort of need to meld in the middle. Like we need to know the facts. We need to know what's going on. We need to understand that sequestering now and two and one week ago was the biggest civic duty you could offer mm-hmm. is to really, you know, and you you came to that uh, awareness and, and shared it and, and guided us into that. In addition though, 
that cannot be the only predominant energy that mandates the life. So there are many things that happen in the day. And like we just talked about all the silver linings of being home, like, you know, nothing in life is all one way. And so, yes, we are really in a moment of great transformation right now. And the opportunity is that without this kind of adversity, we don't often change what we do as humans. And before we go further into this conversation, I do want to take a moment and just recognize the suffering of the individuals who have had the life path where they have exited, where they have died, and all those who will die. So those are all somebody's child, somebody's brother, somebody's mother, somebody's friend, somebody's sister, somebody's father. They are not nothing. They are not just like, oh, well, that's an old person, so they died, or that's a weak person, so they died. This is our community, and it's our humanity. So while we process this experience by learning to serve love, we need to never forget to be in reverence, in honor of those souls, that that was their path. And when we are in these type of experiences, in my experience as a healer, as a guide, as somebody who has studied what happens when we die my entire life. Like I am focused on death always so that I can live a meaningful life. There is a perspective at some level that all of us have a contract. And when it's the time for exit, or maybe there's multiple exit points in a lifetime, our soul may, may mandate that we take that exit point. But to cultivate a remembrance that we are eternal life forms, this is not it when this body dies, that's not the end. This is like earth school where we're discovering things and evolving. And we should honor those souls in their choice of exit or you know, not at a personality level because none of us want to choose that at a personality level, but at some greater perspective. And again, I'm not separating from the suffering of the actual condition. I'm very connected to that. However, in order to transcend it, we must rise up and take a bigger vantage point. Mm -hmm. This is a special moment. It is an opportunity to, you know, telescope out and canvas how we live our lives and the state of society from 10,000 feet. Um, I think the knee jerk reaction is to be in fear, to mindlessly, you know, scroll through the newsfeed and stoke those, you know, dopamine hits. And it's important to be informed so that you can make rational decisions, but being in a reactive state and a fear-based, which is essentially a fear-based state is not productive. And the path forward is to ground yourself and achieve a level of mindfulness so that you can respond objectively and understand that not only is this an opportunity, but that the extent of your suffering is related to the extent to which you're trying to exert control over things that you don't have control over. And it's scary to really grok the sense that we can't control what is happening. The only things we can control are our behaviors, our thoughts, and how we respond to others and the outside world. And the more that we can embrace that truth and practice it, 
that will lead to a reduction in suffering and will pull the, the veil on the opportunity that is at hand. And in truth, there is something about slowing things down. And you're seeing this with people. Human beings are innately creative. When they're stuck in their homes, we all saw those videos of you know, people who were sequestered in Italy who were doing exercises on their, like a group exercise on their terrace from some fitness person who was you know, across the street and singing you know, together. I mean, those are beautiful expressions of humanity that are motivated by constriction. And we all hear about how moments of hardship or moments of constriction and restriction produce the greatest art because it is the human will and spirit that's being tested. And the response to that is to find a creative way forward. And in this moment where we're compelled to slow down, it helps us take stock of what's truly important. And again, the opportunity is to realize the value in that and to parse what is extraneous about our fast paced lives and make a more conscious choice to double down and invest in those things that are important and to really avail yourself of this moment for however long as it, it's going to, to last to engage in that creative spark, to you know, dust off that book you've been working on that never seems to get the attention it deserves or whatever pursuit it is and invest in that. Yeah, definitely. And how about pay the greatest reverence and honor to all of those souls who have taken exit, who have played a role in this virus for our own awakening? How about committing mm. beyond the sequestered time frame? How about really looking inside your life? I'm doing that at another level. I instantly went inside and was like, how can I live more aligned and prepare more for my death? And if I was going to, I'm gonna call it graduate, my friend April calls when, uh, when someone dies, it's a graduation, and you're leaving from this realm into another realm. So if I did take my graduation from this virus, which nobody knows, I mean, I'm super healthy. I, that's, not, that's not what I feel. I don't have fear or anything like that, but no one has the crystal ball and can see every single outcome. But what I'm taking the time to do is taking this time to really look at if this was my last two weeks, how am I living my life? What are my choices? Do I wanna spend that time stressed out, looking on Twitter, looking on Instagram, you know, grasping for control? Or do I wanna spend that time communing with my spirit, communing with the people that I love? You know, it's probably a balance. It's probably not, mm -hmm. you know, all one thing or, or the other, but you know, you were mentioning control. And one of the issues with this planetary realm is that all of the systems are weighted with relevance only in patriarchal um, knowledge from the brain, you know, who, and that's why everybody's running around trying to find a consensus. Like, is this the right diet? Is this the right political stance? Is this correct? Is that not correct? And the thing is, there is no consensus because life is diversity. And we know from soil health that diversity is what creates the beauty in life. When we're diverse, we can be these amazing life forms and exchange with each other and enrich each other's life. So there is no control. You are, let's all be very clear. We're probably feeling it a lot right now. And that's the gift of this experience is we're not in control. 
the night before or the week before, a few days before you came home, you know, with this more intense information about the need to sequester, uh, my brother was in Nashville and I looked at the newsfeed and there was a tornado that ripped through downtown Nashville. Mm-hmm. It could have been him. I mean, mm-hmm. my other brother was just there. My brother has his wife and his kids and, you know, and it, there's literally no control. He's like, Julie, it came in the night, like nobody heard it. You know, my friends are all okay, but it looks like a war zone here. So the whole thing of humanity that can be so arrogant, that can think that it has everything figured out, either scientifically or in ways of society, like our food chain. Like if anybody, if there are aliens, which, you know, you and I may disagree on on that subject, but <laughs> if there are aliens, let's say there's a benevolent like race a that comes game down. I'm like, how long it would take for Julie to get the aliens? I have to, <laughs> but you, let's just mention though, you were the Star trek not not me, but I anyway. I love Star Trek, so, go ahead. But let's just say this, just for this, just for this demonstration, let's just say that, you know, another race of beings came to the planet and they saw what we were doing with the food system with the animals. I mean, it's inhumane it, and we, we can't get over it because we wanna fight about who's right and who's not right. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's inhumane. I, any human being, if you made them stand in the room while they tortured and ripped these animals to shreds, it's just not humane. It's not our nature. That's not who we are. It's not a judgment. It's not about that you're bad and you have to protect yourself. It's like, look at what we're doing to the planet. And you know what? One of my most cherished guides, perspective on this is that this is a gentle way. It's actually a gentle way to wake us up, to let us know really what is going to be required for us to transform this planet. We are facing climate change. We are facing all kinds of challenges and the time to act is now. There's there's no more, you know, we're, we're not in the exploratory stage. It is time to Claim your own authority, go inside your own being and find out what is true for you. I'm not saying be like me. I'm saying, be like you. Don't be like Rich, be like you. We need you to be you. Do that work to find out who you are. Find out what you loved as a child. Find out the values and ideals and ways of living that are important to you and then live in alignment with that. Do we now think that our government is going to give us any relevant security or support or protection? It doesn't matter which party is in power. Um, you know, the entire soup is rancid. And, you know, as a chef, it's like when the ingredients are tainted, you can't just pour salt in it and make it better. And we've come to this crisis point. I mean, we, we're in it, we are in an actual crisis right now that you and I have never seen in our entire lifetime. Yeah, it's totally unprecedented. Um, People are going to die. Lots of people are gonna get sick. Um, I read a Goldman Sachs investor synopsis that was sent to me by a couple people from a call that they did yesterday with estimates that that they're thinking that 50% of Americans will, will be infected. And, you know, some of those cases will be mild. Some of them will be medium and there will be fatalities. Uh, but you know, they're not small, thinking 50% fatality. No, 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 no. Fif- but 50% will contract the virus. Yeah, and, it, and right? they're saying mild in 80% yeah, yeah, of the cases. Yeah. yeah. And yet it is true that it is, that this reminder is gentle in comparison to what it could be. It's gonna be bad and we need to be prepared for that. And you know, take appropriate action and do the social distancing and the sequestering and all the things that we're doing to flatten the curve. 
Um, at the same time, it is, you know, in a cosmic universal sense, a gentle reminder, a gentle reminder to wake us up and alert us that the status quo that we take for granted and the sort of um, systems that are in place are broken and leading us towards, you know, an environmental collapse and a social and societal collapse if they're not redressed. And this is a way for us to um, unify over that concept and begin to make the changes necessary so that our planet can survive and that human beings can live more symbiotically on the planet. Yeah, and and I would say like literally to create to create an entire new world and an entire new experience of how we live and exchange and take care of each other and love each other and co-create and all of those things, all of those seemingly idealistic, immature, you know, idiotic things that have been literally shut down for thousands of years on this planet. And meanwhile, they've got everybody believing that they can be the one or 2% that makes the money. And, you know, it's like the, uh, there was a children's book. Oh, I can't remember the name now, but it's basically a story of caterpillars that are trying to get it to the top. And they're, they're literally just crawling over each other and they get to the top and there's nothing there. Like they're, they were all striving to get somewhere. And, you know, when you do graduate, when you choose to leave your body, which I really believe is a soul appointment, um, I believe there are many, many options, but, you know, you are, that is a trajectory. I mean, why is it that, you know, some people pass and some people don't? I mean, for me, it's intelligent to take a spiritual perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you quantify that, you know, in in concrete, you know, terms? You can't. You know, there's there's much that is not explainable. But I guess what I'm saying is that um, you know, this is the time for us to to live as if every day was our last day. And 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 you're not taking your bank account with you. You're not taking your credit score. You're not taking your fame, your celebrity. You're not taking any of it. You're just taking your consciousness. What was your awareness? And this world is so driven by consumption. It's so easy to just medicate on Netflix and consumption and sort of work at a certain level. And all of us are alive. It's a great privilege to be alive. We incarnated at this time for a reason. We were going to be part of the change. This is our moment. This is the moment where we get to be who we really are and dig deep and become these beautiful, magnificent life forms. And I want to take this opportunity to just acknowledge all of the care workers and all of those heroes and sheroes that have been you know, taking care in hospitals and the doctors and everybody that's been working that couldn't, you know, take off. Right. The people that are serving the food the lines, food, the, the groceries. workers, the foods, you know, the, the food chain supply people, everybody who can't, they can't stay home. That's right. And it's like, you know, our friend Brian O'Hara's son, Connor, is one of the managers at one of the Whole Foods. And he's been in there every day, like from morning to night, super late hours and, you know, this is all over the country, but but what I find and what I know we will find is we will find our humanity through this process and we will find joy and beauty and creativity we never imagined. We will find a connection and a meaning to life we never dreamed of. And it is going to be sad. We are going to lose some of our loved ones. Some of us are going to exit. And that is going to be sad. And we are going to 
grieve for them, grieve with our community, but also what I would say is don't waste their gift. Honor them. Honor all the ones who have raised their hand and said, okay, I'll exit. Let's honor them by not wasting this opportunity. We are the ones we've been waiting for. It's us. It's not a government. It's not a system. It's not a club. It's not a celebrity. It's none of those things. It's us, all of us in our own unique individual life prints, not another one of us in the entire multiverse. We have so much power and creativity and beauty that is inherent within ourselves. If we can only be courageous enough to become our own authority and understand that it's you, it's you that is going to be the change. One of the most potent aspects of this experience is this palpable sense of unity. You know, even when we're out on the trail and you see one or two other people out there, there's kind of, there's a, there's a you know, an unspoken acknowledgement that we're all sharing a particular experience and that, you know, coalesces human beings, you know, and I think there's something really powerful about that if it can be channeled in the right direction. Oh yeah, totally. And, you know, that's the beauty of this type of learning experience is that it doesn't discriminate. You know, it's, it, it literally, you know, you can't escape it from your title or your economic mm-hmm. state or anything. It's literally affecting all of us. It's affecting all of us. And, you know, it is a virus as, as we are a sort of virus to the earth, the way that we interact with her. Yeah, there was an article that was sent to me by a couple people, including uh, Howie Nordstrom. What's up, Howie? Hi, Howie. Uh, he, it, I think that article was entitled something like, um, it's not a virus, it's the medication. It, it just flipped the perspective on it as you know, a way of looking at what's happening as you know, a possible, you know, salve for the planet ultimately in the long run. And yeah. I don't want to minimize, you know, what people are enduring right now, but from, you know, a global perspective, you know, it's a way of recalibrating how we live so that we can, you know, forge a better way. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's all perspective. And that's, that's the thing that I want to really encourage people is the work in this moment, it takes maturity and spiritual awareness to make a decision to not loop with the negativity. Your mind and your ego will want to agree with it. Oh yeah, you know, this could cause a financial collapse, you know, and your ego feels, yeah, this is true because I'm seeing all those signs. But we have to remember that we are creating our reality in every perspective we choose. And so that article that Howie shared, I don't know if he wrote it or somebody else wrote it, but that is the awareness that we want. We need to flip the perspective. So just a basic example from our life, when we went through financial collapse, I flipped the perspective to this is my spiritual alchemical moment. I'm not a deadbeat, I'm in my sacred moment. So again, applying that to this experience, we are not going to be annihilated. This is our sacred moment. It's our wake-up call. Mm-hmm. And this is the moment that we get to rise up and be everything that we've ever been. We may go through some experiences that don't look 
safe to us or don't look like what we experienced. For instance, when we went through our financial collapse, we had no health insurance. Uh, I had days where I was down to one potato. We learned through that experience that something always creates, something always arises, something always appears. And some of us are going to have to learn the very sacred lesson of being able to receive help from another. Mm -hmm. Because in this Western society or modern society, uh, you know, we've been so isolated and so, um, you know, self-determined that we have learned unconsciously that it is shameful to receive help from someone else. And when you have been reduced to your knees in such a way, um, you will graciously and gratefully accept the help of someone else. And that is a, it's a flip of what you're usually used to. So it is all perspective. It's entirely perspective. And this is what I've been talking about is that there are all kinds of people talking about all the problems at nauseam all the time. And not just in this crisis, but even before last time I was on your podcast. We need to understand that we are creating our experience moment to moment. And that doesn't mean that you put your head in the sand and you don't know what's going on. Yes, get the facts, kind of know what the ground is, keep yourself safe, follow all the protocol. Do not deny what is happening. This is a very severe, very real pandemic. And, and even with that information, you can flip that perspective mm -hmm. and you can choose to serve that and to be in love and to be in creativity and hopefulness. And, you know, it's a choice to believe in humanity. It's a choice and you can make that choice and celebrate it. It's a choice that's both intellectual and emotional. And I think it's easier for people to wrap their heads around making that choice, you know, from their brains, from their thinking brains but emotionally trying to quell the, you know, pangs of anxiety that people are feeling that that are, you know, rooted in legitimate concerns, I think is a, you know, when I when I put out on social media, like, what do you want us to talk about? I mean, that was overwhelmingly the largest theme, which is how do I, you know, deal with the anxiety and the uncertainty of this moment, you know, on a day-to-day -day, like practical, Basis. Well, you know how you deal with it is you develop your spiritual connection and you understand that the spiritual connection is the really only important relationship in your entire life. It is first, it is second, it's third, it's fourth. It is when you have a spiritual connection, you, uh, you understand that life has a mandala, life has a plan, life is an unfolding, that it is not up to you you know, at this level of human to uh, to be controlling everything with your thoughts or, you know, reading the news or, or trusting sources outside of yourself. You have to trust yourself. You have to develop this alignment. And that comes through meditation. It comes from just really making the decision and saying, you know what, I'm living in this human life. I'm going to trust myself. I'm going to nourish myself and nurture myself every single day. What do I need? What is the best for me? What would be the most supportive for me? The, all of these kinds of things. And the other thing that I do wanna mention, and it's very, very important that we bring in the mother energy, the female energy into the conversation, not conversation experience of this issue. It is the tendency of a male um, society to want to overanalyze all the tactics and then make fun of the feminine for wanting to do a prayer or wanting to do meditation or being able to hold this loving, nourishing capacity. I mean, 
we must understand that both energies are part of life. It is not going to be solved by only intellectual um, facts and figures. That is not going to be the way. The way is through connection into the great mother, the great cosmic mother, which is really the greatest force that is over all of us. We need both. We need a balance of both. I mean, we need to be able to test people. We need to be able to provide people with adequate medical care, like all of the you know infrastructure and all of that is important, which you know is probably you know, falls on the masculine side. But we need a balance of both. And you're right; our culture is tipped towards the masculine in I, a huge way. Yeah, I so would I'm, say I'm granting you that. Yeah, well, you should. I mean, it's 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 drastically that way. Yeah. And it, and in the moment where you're facing your death. Um, you're not gonna be checking facts on Twitter. You're going to be wanting that mother's embrace, that connection, the faith, the magic, the creativity that connects you with that force that you know is greater than your own being. 100%, 100%. So it begins with acceptance rather than grinding against reality, surrendering to what is, like just basically being in an open-armed, like, open, you know, embrace of the situation that we find ourselves in. Suffering comes when you're trying to deny that or basically, you know, be resentful or frustrated at the truth of the circumstances that we find ourselves in. And the more you can do that, the more peace you will find for yourself. And whether that's through meditation practices or whatever protocol that you adopt, the more mindful and grounded in the moment you can be, then the better position you're in to be responsive from your highest self as opposed to reactive from the more reptilian, you know, brain aspects of who we are. Yeah, it is. And you know, there's ways, of course, you're gonna wash your hands a lot. You're gonna self-quarantine. Um, you're going to eat as healthy foods as you can find. You know, of course, turmeric, fresh ginger, um, any kind of uh, spirulina, any kind of just fresh fruits. How about we just eat an orange, just peel it and eat it. Um, don't go to the breads. Don't go to a bunch of sweets. Don't eat a lot of sugar. Don't binge on donuts right now. You need your immune system strong. So eat as much whole foods, whole leafy greens, fresh vegetables, organic if you can find it. Eat as much whole foods as possible, at least you know, for the, the beginning of this, you know, we, we may get into a situation where we have to turn to canned things and this, this is fine, but I'm just saying really nourish your immune system. So you want to get sleep, you want to eat healthy, whole foods. You want to be in the sun. If you can safely get outside, spend time in the sun. If you can do an open eye meditation on the sun right when it's rising. If you can see the sun actually pop over the horizon, you can actually gaze at that and get tremendous healing frequency. If it rises to a 45 degree angle, you have to stop looking at it because then it can become dangerous. But the sun is a very powerful source of energy. We need to acknowledge it, go out and spend time in it, um, train in it like Rich does. Um, another thing you could do is take salt baths, make sure that you're getting in bed before you're tired. Um, don't watch a bunch of scary movies and, you know, panic inciting information, movies or news articles, um, move your body, develop a nourishing self-talk with your body about how grateful you are for this body, how healthy this body is. And even if you develop some symptoms, 
Um, keep nourishing your body and know that you're going to recover. You're going to heal. It is a perspective, right? If you go down and start entertaining thoughts of doom and gloom, you're going to fuel that trajectory. So this is where the work comes in. I am healthy. I am whole. I am well. And with your permission, Rich, I would like to do um, a meditation and a healing for everybody who is listening today. Can we do that at the end? When we're done? Oh yeah, I thought it was the end. No, we're not done yet. Oh, okay. He's not done yet. <laughs> no, He's I've not got done yet. Other things I want to say. He's not done yet, people. Um, okay. Listen, you know, the trail running, getting out. I got on my bike the other day. Like that's been the saving grace for me. And we live in a place where it's possible for me to be able to do that, to be out in nature. You know, that's complete social distancing because I don't see any other human beings on the running. Obviously, um, if you can do that, you know, lean into that. Another thing that came up with, you know, people commenting on what they wanted us to talk about is disappointment over things getting canceled. People who are training for big races, the races get canceled. Our friend Andrew is planning on getting married in May. That's very much in question, and it's probably not going to happen then. Um, a lot of that is going on as well, and I think that's a different flavor of acceptance and surrender as the path forward. It's just this is what's happening. And rather than rally against it and be angry or frustrated or sad or resentful, just embrace it, accept it. This is something that's affecting all of us. For the athletes out there who are disappointed at the races being canceled, understand that the race really isn't what it's about. The race is an excuse for you to take care of yourself on a daily basis, to prepare your body and your mind and your soul to endure something difficult. And just because a race is taken off a calendar, that doesn't mean that you need to deprive yourself of that experience. Yeah, and I mean, I think the perspective is quite important here. I mean, you know, we have to be grownups and we have to understand what we're facing right now. Yeah. I mean, this is it's not like about- your marathon's canceled. Yeah, like, well, so we're in a global pandemic. Exactly. This is unprecedented like you could be, in our lifetime. You could be not alive yeah. or people could not be alive. So I think we have to trust in the divine timing of this. Once again, I wanna mention again that in my feeling, this is, it is actually a gentle, it's, it's, it's not going to go to the depths of the greatest naysayers that are predicting Armageddon and these type of things. These are programs that are used to incite fear, panic people, make them feel helpless. So we need to remember once again, this is going to cycle through. Um, we're all in this together. And the more we can take care of ourselves and take care of each other through checking in virtually, and uh, you know, just being together and knowing that together we'll get through this, um, I think the better. I did have um, actually somebody also message me and wanted me to talk about uh, how to handle family members that don't have the same perspective that you have. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is for Catherine. Catherine, thanks for messaging me, sweetheart. Um, so, you know, again, I, th I think this is a moment for many, many reasons, as I said, you know, owning your own authority you know, you can inform as much as you can, you know, on social media with your family, let them know, send them the articles. Um, I had an experience as well with someone in my family who just wasn't informed the way that I was. And I sent them some information for their own 
you know, review. And at the end of the day, you don't have control over another human being. And so what I would rather you do rather than have your energy in another human being, however, we do have control over our children and we exerted that over our teenager. Right, <laughs> but, but which I is mean, a whole other thing that whole other we thing. could kind of talk about a little bit because there's probably a lot of parents listening right now who have teenagers. And for me, the most challenging part is, has been dealing with the vicissitudes of a 16 year old girl who, you know, is not happy about her social calendar getting truncated. <laughs> and, and it's unbelievable the amount of energy that goes into that. And, and it's tested me to my limits, like trying to figure out how to dance around that. Yeah, I just have to roll. You're with much her. better at it than she's, I am. She's my wave. I just surf her, but yeah. uh, no, she's she's a she's actually already conformed. There's been conformity happening in the last two days, uh-huh. and we were we were giggling, saying like the silver lining is going to be like the transformation of you know certain personalities into more expanded, healthy, creative um, expression. So we'll What's just those say steps that. Like first, there's anger, and then there's pushback and then there's acceptance. acceptance and then there's grief. <laughs> grief. You know, it's like right. she's going through those stages yeah, right now. Exactly. I, I think we're getting into a better place. No, no, it. no. She's actually she's been screen printing in the garage. She's done a bunch of a bunch of beautiful artistic work. And anyway, she begins her online classes tomorrow. So it's fine. But yeah, it was it's kind of been a source of comedy and we've we've joked a lot about it with the kids. But anyway, I did want to say to Catherine's question is you know, you can't control their people, right? I mean, we've we've all experienced that in our families with those of us that are eating plant-based. You know, it just seems so obvious, like why isn't everybody just stopped already? Mm-hmm. And yet it's still going on. I mean, it it's almost like it takes something of this severity to really catalyze, you know, real change at, at a deep level. So what I would say is, again, as I advise with Rich in my relationship, it's like really after you've informed and shared your heart in neutral loving compassion, take that magnifying glass back on your own heart. And I would start really working on being a masterful life form at the point of your death. That is really why we're all here to learn how to die, to learn how to make that transition, knowing that we are eternal life forms, that the life doesn't go out and that we will continue in different forms in different places. So um, yeah, I think we have to, again, contain our energy and decide where you wanna direct that energy. And you certainly don't want it to be siphoned off by individuals who who may not choose your path. And also uh, they may end up being perfectly fine making all those choices that they made that are contrary to every choice that you made. So um, it's okay. I would just sort of uh, let go, inform and let go. Mm-hmm. Another big thing is sober people who now you know are faced with the prospect of not being able to go to meetings. Um, there's a lot of uh, you know concern about relapse, drug and alcohol use in the home, things like that of this nature. While people are kind of you know living on top of each other in a way that maybe they're not used to, and the social dynamics that come with that. And to that, I would say. More and more meetings are going virtual. I mean, if I don't know if you can buy stock in Zoom, but that would probably be a good bet right now. I know that meetings in my area are, I'm getting links from friends, they're resorting to Zoom meetings. Um, so if you participate in a 12-step program and you're listening, um, maybe you know be the captain of that kind of change. There's also plenty of online resources and tons of, you know, meetings that are in audio form online. And what I'm gonna do is put together a resource list that I'll put in the show notes to this podcast with the best information that I can compile on that subject. And also on the subject of, 
you know, if you are on Twitter, who are the better people to follow who can give you objective points of view um, and take all the partisanship out of this and other types of resources that I think would be, you know, wise and prudent to follow if you do make the choice to engage with social media on this issue. That's great. That's really good. And also, um, for any of you that have interest to go deeper with me into the spiritual uh, cosmic view of what's going on on the planet, I'm doing two online virtual events with Conscious City Guide. You can check out my Instagram feed, um, but I'm going to be teaching a yoga class that um, actually embodies you in your own life print so that you can be your own authority and really live embodied in the unique divine design in which you were created. Um, I'm also going to be doing sort of a discourse, which I will present uh, the cosmic view of what's happening, uh, things that are happening behind the scenes by beings that are not informed, that are helping humanity. So we have to remember there's all kinds of unseen things that are part of our mm -hmm. life. And those life forms are helping us, helping humanity. And there is so much love and so much help for us as a species. And they're really, really hoping that we get our shit together and that we evolve into a brighter way. Yeah. I'm thinking about doing a daily Instagram live kind of thing. I think a lot of people are doing that because they're stuck there's at home. There's a lot of there's a lot of programming out there. So why not throw my hat in the ring? I don't know. I'll give it a try. No, it, listen, it's really important. And the other thing is, we're going to have to pivot to online. We want people to stay, you know, healthy in yeah. their offerings and what they're doing and the content. So and it's a it's an opportunity to answer questions directly and get more granular on some lifestyle yeah. practices that you know we've availed ourselves of that I think would be helpful. Yeah, definitely. And while we're on that subject, I do want to mention our Plant Power Meal Planner. Um, this is our meal. Um, Shameless plug. I'm just, no, it's important. I <laughs> yeah, mean, and it's, it's under $2 a yeah. week. So it's very, very accessible. But if you guys aren't using it already, it is a seamless, amazing platform that basically just customizes all your recipes. I'm sure you've heard Rich, you know, add it before here, but I'm just telling you from my heart. Um, the team at Shrimu has been infusing, we've been infusing it with you know, new fresh recipes. Um, and it's just an amazing, it's an amazing offering. I mean, what can you get for under $2 a week that has that level of service? And um, you can customize it. You can put in what you're allergic to, what you don't like to, how many people, what, what you don't like to eat, how many people you're cooking for. And maybe in these times of like really trying to decide what to cook, um, it, it might be helpful to you. So um, anyway, I just wanted to mention that as well. And you can find that at Rich's site, ritual.com. Yeah, or just meals.ritual.com. I mean, it's it's basically an unlimited supply of delicious plant-based recipes. Um, and if you're in a metropolitan area, there's a good chance that it integrates with grocery delivery. So in this time of sequestration, you could prepare these new recipes to do something fun and creative in your home as well um, and have everything that you need to prepare them just basically delivered to your door, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yesterday I actually found, I had two coconuts in the fridge that I just hadn't, I hadn't taken the time to open them up and and there I was with a lot of time. And so I opened them up and took the meat out and sat down on the table and actually had a half an hour to take all the brown bits off and just, it was a moment of presence of cooking. Usually I'm racing to like photograph five recipes or, you know, shoot a bunch of food. And it's never like with that kind of experience. And so 
It was really beautiful. And also I had a first yesterday and that's that Rich made me a, a healthy drink. He actually made <laughs> a, me. I think that's a first. A, I think it's a first. No. Yeah, honey. I think so. He made me an be? orange. How can that be? Because you're not really a, a orange, chef, Orange, carrot, turmeric. Yeah, orange, ginger. ginger, carrot, turmeric. Yeah. Yeah. It was good too, It wasn't right? that good, but I... <laughs> I drank it. It wasn't. I told Mathis, I was like, look, your dad made me a healthy drink. And I go, it doesn't taste good, but I'm going to drink it because I know how much love there is in it. And I drank it. I never make these things with taste in mind. Let's see. I just, I'm like, this is what I need right now. This is what I'm going to drink. Let's get down to just the basics. I leave the taste for you. That's right. It's okay. Um, But it is, you know, again, to kind of bring it back to the beginning, a moment where we can really take the time to, you know, prepare beautiful meals for our, our families while we're cohabitating in this way and to create you know ceremony and, and ritual out of that because you know when you've raised kids and then those kids get older and they leave the house it's only then that you realize how precious those meal times are with everybody oh yeah I, as I would say like the house being just filthy dirty and and then all of a sudden the house is clean. And I was like, oh, that clean house is overrated because where are all the kids? The house suit's been raining like crazy. <laughs> the house is super dirty. The dogs, dogs come in wet. with mud all over them and jump on the couches and you know, it just is what it is right now. It's super awesome. All right, so let's wrap this up. Drink a lot of water, eat healthy plant-based meals as much as you can, get tons of sleep, try to exercise outdoors if you can, if that's available to you get outdoors, even if for just a walk, expose yourself to the sun, call your friends, Zoom them, tell them you love them. This is a moment where we're all trying to connect and we need to get creative with how we do that and enjoy the company that you're keeping in your sequestration. And above all, meditate. Mm. That is the most important thing. So as you're getting more sleep, get up early in the morning before the sun rises sit in silence, connect, feel yourself as a greater being, feel the energetic that you are that is beyond your human body and start to remember yourself as a divine organism. You're here in a life that is blessed. It's such a privilege to be alive. And what are the ways that we can express our own unique divine design in ways that are more expanded, more meaningful, more powerful. There's nobody coming here to save us. We are the ones we've been waiting for. It's not one person. It's a diversity of beautiful, precious, creative, extraordinary life. Life doesn't make mistakes. And so let's take this opportunity to truly, truly remember our divinity and our birthright, which is to be merged with the eternal essence of what it means to be a divine human. This is just one play. It's just one role that you're gonna experience in all of your existences, in all of the places where you dwell across the multiverse. Let's not waste it. Let's make the most of it. Let's rise up and be all that we can be. And let's be unified and not judge and tear each other down. Let's look for all the ways that we're the same. Let's look for all the ways that we connect. 
So can I do the meditation now? Yeah, I wasn't sure whether that was the meditation or not. Okay. <laughs> that was just the monologue that precedes the meditation. Was, <laughs> okay. I was just creating the energetic field. <laughs> okay. But now you've, <laughs> Did I wreck now it? you've ruined it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> It's fine. All right, go ahead. Okay. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes if you feel comfortable. Of course, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. Okay. Stay with your awareness on the road and know you can return to this. And so um, in healing practices, we understand that there is no space and time. So wherever you are, Rich and I are connected with you directly. And wherever all the listeners are, we are all connected in this energetic field. And so... I'm just going to open the field in sacred service to the law of one. The law of one is the unified field where we are not separate. We are connected, resonant, and eternally thriving. And as I open the field, I ask for all that is needed and necessary for the highest exchange, which with each individual person as is in alignment with their highest directive. Beloved future selves, nature spirits, guides, teams from the cosmic universe, we call you present now to assist us during this great time of transformation. We ask for nourishment and comfort and compassion around all of those who are suffering, both animals, humans, plants, and our Mother Earth. And beloved teams, as we endeavor to walk through this journey, please lead us, direct us, and guide us to the highest expression in order of priority that is in the highest alignment for each individual. We understand the beauty in diversity. We understand the presence in love. We understand and we welcome to experience the power of the human heart. Please open all channels of light to connect us with each other in ways that cannot be broken. Please open all channels of communication in ways we can co-create, nourish, and nurture each other. Please open all channels of light to remind us that we are the ones we've been waiting for. And for all our beloved human tribe who have graduated and who will graduate throughout this experience, we ask that they be given safe passage and that they be connected to the Trinity Gates and they be cared for and taken to their highest directive in the universe. And for this and so much more, we offer our gratitude, our love, and our commitment. We are unified, we are together, and we are with each other. And so it is. Beautiful. For people that are listening who might think that Julie just read that off a piece of paper, she was sitting across from me with her eyes closed, just channeling it. Mm -hmm. You, you guys are super special to us. You've made our life, uh, makes me cry. 
It's a joy. Thanks for being with us. Appreciate you guys. I love you. I love that I get to do this and uh, we're going to do it again. We're going to be back to our regular programming. We'll be back, we'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we're back tomorrow with another. <laughs> I got to shift we'll tell gears you, here a we'll little bit. We'll tell you how Rich Here's slept. Here's the thing. Yeah. Maybe we'll, we should actually, I should come to the tent and sleep with you one night. Oh, and we no. Should do do an Insta live. <laughs> We'll see about that. Um, we will be back here in a couple of days with regular programming. Um, I think it's important to you know kind of maintain the integrity of of the show as it as it you know exists. But I want to be adaptable and spontaneous to be able to pop in and do maybe you know a few more shows than usual. Um, on the subject matter to kind of deal with what's happening in current events. So you can look forward to that. Um, if you're digging on Julie, you can find her at Srimati on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram is her jam. You can check out her delicious, amazing plant-based cheeses at srimu.com, S-R-I-M-U.com. Um, we can talk a little bit about that in more detail next time. And I think I will try out some Instagram lives. So you can find me on Instagram at Rich Roll. Awesome. And I'll be um I'll be up with a water tiger call next week. If you want to join my spiritual community, you can find that at juliepyatt.com. And your podcast. And my podcast for the life of me. I started again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's true. I'll be putting podcasts up and just offering techniques. Um, water tiger is a monthly call, a monthly QA, and a monthly topic presented. Um, and I have a bunch of techniques similar to the one that I just did for different purposes as we navigate this human trauma, um, not just this human trauma, but human trauma from all kinds of things, ancestral things and histories and many, many things. But anyway, it's a beautiful time and there's so much support for us here. And so take care of yourself and each other. Take care, stay true. Peace. Namaste. (laughs) Plants. (laughs) We did it backwards. (laughs) 